It's warmer and friendlier in terms of temperatures, but in terms of snow, it is slippery out there, and there's a lot of waiting you as you come out. Give yourself more time uh, if you're heading into work. If you can avoid that, this would be a good day to go hybrid and uh, work from home. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, most schools are open. You can check out our school closings at WJR.com. Great get-together yesterday at Visit Detroit, uh, kind of ramping up enthusiasm for the NFL draft coming our way this spring. And uh, the the guy that was anchoring the uh, discussion is uh, the franchise at NBC Sports, and he joins us live. Mike Tirico, good morning. Guys, good to be with you guys. Good morning. How are we doing? We're doing great. I, I, who knew that the Lions would be such great box office? Your, your numbers on Sunday were huge. Yeah, you know, the, the Sunday night playoff game usually does a good number, and then you add to it, the bad weather on the East Coast, a lot of people were in all day, a really good game with Dallas and Green Bay right before, and then the Lions story on top of it. So a ton of people stayed around the TV and turned into a a fabulous night with 36 million people or thereabouts getting to see the Lions, getting to see downtown Detroit. So it was really a great great week, and we are uh, right back in town here for Sunday late afternoon against the Falcons. And, Mike, you know, you being a Michigander, it had to be great. And I was talking to my uh, brothers uh, and, and my sisters, and I was saying, you know, it just the city looks so good on national television, the shots of the city, Ford Field, the spirit of Detroit, uh, you know, everything just looks so great, which really I think lends itself to people saying, hey, you know, I heard one thing about Detroit, but maybe I need to check this place out. The Lions are doing well. It looks good. You know, uh, how big is that as far as getting people to really start taking a look at the city? Well, I think more people are realizing that uh, things in Detroit are not where they were in the financial crisis with bankruptcy or the, the times around there that the city has made a resurgence. And to see that really in large part through these big sporting events when you know there's a game with the Tigers or the Wings or the Pistons on national TV. It's certainly the Rocket Mortgage Classic and the golf when you get people from all over the country coming through here for a week in summer. And, and then the Lions on top of that, beyond the Thanksgiving game. I think you know the, the great part of sports is that it can help tell the story of an area and rally an area behind the common cause, which you know, in our divided times is very difficult to do. It's very hard to get people mm-hmm. to believe in the same thing. But I think uh, a lot of folks who live in downtown Detroit who work in or enjoy what the city has to offer uh, believe in the city and love being able to share that. And I think we're seeing that whenever Detroit's in the national spotlight right now. You had a nice discussion with uh, Commissioner Goodell yesterday and, and kind of tipped off the fact that before you guys took the stage, you talked a little bit about officiating, which is obviously a, a, after the Dallas game here in Detroit, kind of a sore point. Uh, first of all, how did you bring up that topic? And just kind of share with us the, the perspective that the, the two of you brought to the stage on that yesterday. Yeah, well, I, I've known the commissioner for a, a long time here, going back to before he was commissioner. So uh, we have conversations on a regular basis about stuff. And you know, officiating is a hot topic issue for people around here, but every city feels like there was a call that cost them a game. And the Lions won't happen to be on a scoring play that got taken down. But trust me, it is the, the existence of almost every talk radio show in every NFL market, bad officiating, bad officiating. What I've learned in getting to know the officials a little bit is that they're the only group on the field expected to be perfect, Right. I misidentified player during the game. I, I did on, on Sunday night of like the 500 IDs. I got two wrong. Uh, Chris Collins made a mistake. 
Jared Goff made a mistake with his backwards pass. Dan Campbell made a mistake somewhere along the way. Everybody on the field makes a mistake except the officials. When they do, there have no, there is no tolerance for it. So I've come to learn that we were talking about the use of instant replay, the use of the eye in the sky, the use of maybe a challenge for the coaches, no matter what the call is, some stuff's reviewed, other stuff can't be reviewed. The league is very sensitive to it, but I also think they're very, and rightfully so, in an educational mode to say, for the most part, these guys at pretty high speed get it right. So interesting conversation. It's a never-ending conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's not just with us. It's with the league office as well. Mike, how big is it uh, going to be having the uh, NFL draft here when you when we're surrounded by so many other great football towns? Yeah, Lloyd, I, I think that's one of the cool parts of the draft. The league has taken the NFL draft and turned it into this massive, massive event where people show up from all over the country just to see their players picked in the draft. And what has happened is Chicago, Philadelphia, Nashville, Las Vegas have turned this into a mega event. And I thought the commissioner said it was said it well. The best advice to Detroit is do it Detroit style. Put your spin on it. That's why it's worked in other places. And we'll get a lot of people here. I think what is a bonus for Detroit, in addition to everything else, very close proximity for a drive for a half dozen NFL teams with the Delta Hub here, a very easy flight for people who want to come in. I think we're going to see great numbers and great numbers of people in downtown sampling local restaurants, bars, hotels. It's going to be a real boost for the economy to have that for three days. Yeah. Well, it's a big boost having all these playoff games, at least $20 million it per. Right. Um, size up that game for us with the Buccaneers. Uh, Mike, you're a local guy. I know you're, you're in your heart. Uh, you're, you're hoping the Lions do well. But objectively, uh, this is not the same as, as Dan Campbell was uh, very you know, strong about yesterday. This is not the same team that they faced earlier in the season. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm always happy for the people around here. You know, the, the job calls for you know, being neutral uh, and, and not rooting for a team. I, I'm very happy for the people like, like Sheila Ford Hamp and Rod Wood and yeah. Mrs. Ford and Dan, mm -hmm. and all the people who I know around here, but you know, I have some great friends in Tampa too. I just talked to their GM. Uh, yes. Jason light yesterday for a half hour. I was so excited for them. They were supposed to be a five win team and now they're a couple of wins from the Super Bowl. I, I am just watching it right up to the third quarter now of the first meeting between these teams, going back to review it. And Tampa, they had open receivers. They had a ball tip that could have gotten there, mm -hmm. uh, a miss on an overthrow. And they look much better when I watch them Monday night than they do in this game. It's sitting up on my TV right now as I review it. So it is a better team. Lions fans have to know that there's no carryover from last week. right? The euphoria and that memory is great. You got to store that away for later on. It's it's a final eight game, and will the fans bring as much noise, passion, and energy as they did that first time around? I think those are important things for the home field advantage going into this one. You know, uh, also, Mike, I, I'm watching the coverage uh, on on NBC, and you know, it's those it's those stories outside of the game uh, that mean a lot too. A lot of the stories that you guys show, you know, and and that that just adds more to the impact of what's going on here in the city. Well, thanks for noticing that, Lloyd. We appreciate that. We, uh, that's what we strive to do. You know, on Sunday nights, you know, we have an audience that has watched football all day, and it's a national game. We try to tell the stories of the people who play, and we like to say we like to take the helmets off so you get to see and know who these players are and who these individuals are. You know, we do cover the Olympics. We'll be in Paris this summer for that. And I always believe the ethos of the folks who cover the Olympics, who do those profiles, mm -hmm. that usually seeps into the broadcast set, a network. And 
I know it does at, at NBC after my 25 years at ESPN, which is wonderful. And we got to tell a lot of stories there. I, I really think it's a focus of what we do and how we do it. And hopefully uh, you learn about the people who are, you know, more than laundry, more than just their uniforms. Right. They are people who come to live in your community, and it's nice to find out about them as individuals as well. And can I give your, your production team some credit? The the shot after the game was decided, they found the guy in the stadium and gave us a close-up of a grown man bursting into <laughs> tears, which yeah. we now find out why. It's because he was thinking of his dad, who he attended yeah. games with. You somehow found, the your team found the picture of the moment that told the story of this city in one shot. And they did. Our camera guys are the best, and they were looking throughout the game for fans and just trying to identify the fans as they were going through who were the ones who were so into it and so excited. And uh, they've worked with our director, our Hall of Fame director, Drew Essikoff, for about 20 years, and that's why. You know, there, there's a high standard on the show, and those are the things that uh, we come back and talk about. Say, good, did we give you something to remember? Then we did our jobs for the night, and we'll try to do it again on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. At three o'clock. Well, as a recovering TV person, I really, really <laughs> admired uh, that that, that uh, production finesse. And of course, uh, we love you, Mike. We love the job you do, and we can't wait to hear you call what we hope will be a Lions victory Sunday at three. Well, a recovering legendary TV guy. <laughs> That's right. So That's right, Mike. That. That's so, right. Well, one, of my, one of my favorites. Always when you put when you had guy on the TV, whether it was seven or four, you knew you were in good hands. And same thing here on seven sixty. So. Great, great to hear your voice and connect with you too, Lloyd. Great to talk to you guys. You, all yeah. right. You take care and have a great Sunday, Mike. Thanks, uh, guys. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Mike Tirico, the NBC uh, Sports play-by-play and host. He is their franchise player in so many ways. When we come back, talk of expanding the people mover. Yeah, it's gone around in circles for years. I know. It's, <laughs> it's relevance. Uh, it's contributions, sometimes dubious, but there is a new plan in the works. And it will serve a much broader variety of demands in the process. We will talk with the general manager of the Detroit Transportation Corporation at 749 next on JR Morning.